You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Uh, we're going to continue on our course of uh, studying what's the point of Judaism uh, and uh, going going mitzvah by mitzvah uh, through the Torah, at least for the mitzvot that are either um, uh, currently relevant to us today or are incredibly perplexing of why they'd be in the Torah in the first place. Um, and uh, and talking about uh, what the rationale uh, may have been for, for those mitzvot. What, uh, what's the... Uh, um, what's the human need that they uh, aim to serve? What, what do they try to? Um, uh, what do they aim to 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 do to achieve uh, um, in in the um, uh, context of uh, being human? Um, in the with the assumption that uh, that that nothing in the Torah was commanded um, arbitrarily. Um, uh, that uh, that there's that that God, uh, God of the the authors of the Bible wouldn't have been capricious that they were actually trying to achieve certain things. Um, so uh, the text that we've been using to uh, as a jumping off point is Sefer Achinuch, which is uh, a, a 13th century uh, Spanish uh, um, uh, legal text um, that uh, summarizes uh, what's involved in each of the 613 mitzvot of the Torah uh, and uh, offers not only um, how to do those mitzvot um, in, in broad strokes, but uh, but also what the uh, what the rationale might be for for those mitzvot. Um, uh, sometimes the rationale that uh, the Sefer Chinuch offers uh, seems very compelling. Sometimes it doesn't seem quite so compelling, and uh, it's just an entry point for a conversation about uh, um, whether whether we uh, um, buy what he says or we don't buy what he says. Um, so this is a forum for, uh, for for our honest approaches as well. Um, you know, there's a, there's always a a, a very fine line uh, between um, uh, rationale. And apologetics, um, or, uh, or 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 reasoning and rationalization, you know. So uh, so it's a um, a tough thing to figure out. You know, is this is this a real reason, or is it an attempt to rationalize? You know, we want this to be in the system, and we want people to think it's reasonable. So we'll create some kind of uh, um, meaningful uh, um, uh, explanation for it. And you know that that we do that sometimes about certain things. Sometimes it's not so harmful, um, and sometimes it's uh, it, it can be a real distraction. In, in in the case of the mitzvah we're going to look at today, uh, which is the mitzvah uh, in Hebrew known as Gid Hanasheh, um, which which is the prohibition of eating the sciatic nerve um, of of an animal. The sciatic nerve is a nerve roughly that runs from the thigh muscle um, of uh, of of an animal all the way down to uh, uh, of its uh, uh, foot. Um, humans have it too, by the way, a sciatic nerve, um, which is in part, at least according to the Torah, where the mitzvah comes from. Um, and I, and I think. Candidly, that the uh, Sefer Chinuch um, uh, gives more of a um, a uh, rationalization or an apologetic, a, a midrashic kind of answer for why we do this than was probably the real answer. But nevertheless, I think it's a, uh, a profound answer that it gives and worth uh, looking at and thinking about. Um, but uh, the 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 mitzvah of uh, of the sciatic nerve is a, is sort of an interesting one. Um, it, 
the context where it appears is uh, um, a little bit later in the book of Genesis from where we are right now. The patriarch Jacob um, is, uh, has, has uh, uh, run away from home um, after having deceived his brother Esau uh, out of uh, uh, his birthright uh, and deceived his uh, father Jacob out of giving uh, Esau his, his blessing and his birthright. And he runs away from home. He uh, uh, ends up living with, uh, with his uh, uh, his. Uh, uncle Levan, who uh, eventually becomes his father-in-law as well, um, he he gets married and uh, uh, begins having a family, and then leaves. Um, and as he's uh, returning back uh, to his uh, homeland, uh, he gets word that his uh, brother Asav is uh, coming to uh, to meet him um, with uh, with what his scouts believe to be a, a large army, and he thinks that Asav is finally going to. Um, exact the revenge against him uh, that he had uh, long pledged. Um, it turns out later in the story, not to give away too many spoilers, but it turns out later in the story that uh, that Esau um, does not um, uh, intend to, uh, to to kill Jacob anymore. He, uh, he I guess, has uh, gotten over the, the, the injuries that Jacob had done to him and is willing to reconcile. Um, but in this moment of the narrative, Jacob is very uncertain about what his future is going to be. Um, and in the night before he is to meet uh, Esau, um, he, uh, um, a, a mysterious person comes and wrestles with him all through the night. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, the rabbis of the uh, Midrash and the Talmud you know, struggle to figure out who this person is. Um, there's a cryptic uh, exchange between Jacob and this uh, person at the end um, where uh, um, uh, Jacob says, uh, um, where, the, where, the, where Jacob is winning the fight um, and uh, has the guy pinned down, and, uh, and um, the, the person says, Let me go because day is breaking. And uh, Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Uh, and the person says, um, uh, no longer will you be called Jacob, but you'll be called Israel, um, because you have uh, struggled with beings uh, divine and human and prevailed. And because of that statement, a lot of the rabbis of the uh, Talmud and Midrash uh, see that uh, mysterious figure as an angel that Jacob is wrestling with, or maybe even God himself that Jacob is wrestling with, or uh, or um, uh, 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 maybe the guardian angel of Esau uh, that Jacob is wrestling with. So um, uh, there's a difference of opinion, but uh, but certainly uh, people don't believe that, or the rabbis don't believe that it was a human being that Jacob was wrestling with. Um, and uh, uh, the only um, uh, um, injury that Jacob sustains during that fight was a, uh, a blow to his uh, thigh muscle which left him for the rest of his life with a, with a limp. Um, and the Torah says that it's because of that injury, um, which was an injury, I guess, to the sciatic nerve, um, uh, Jacob's sciatic nerve, because of that injury, uh, uh, Jacob's descendants, the Jews, um, uh, were uh, from that point on forbidden from eating uh, uh, the part of the animal that contains the sciatic nerve. Um, what that means in practice, which, what's interesting about that is that uh, um, it is a commandment for the Jewish people before there's really a Jewish people. 
um, and a commandment for the Jewish people before there's a Torah. Um, and there's a really interesting debate in the Mishnah about uh, whether that law was uh, given before Sinai or at Sinai. Um, and you know, one opinion is it was given before Sinai, um, and that's why it's in the book of Genesis, because that's when it was given. Another rabbi says, no, 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 it was given at Sinai, but it was placed earlier in the Torah because it made sense contextually, um, which is an interesting sort of debate about the development of, uh, of Jewish law. Um, uh, nevertheless, what it means practically for us is uh, that it's hard to find a good kosher filet mignon. Uh, basically, uh, in, in practice, because it's a very uh, difficult and expensive process to uh, to actually extract the sciatic nerve from a from from a kosher animal. Um, usually, what uh, what what happens in kosher slaughterhouses is that the entire hindquarters of uh, of the animal are either discarded or or sold to a non kosher. Uh, uh, purveyor or something like that, um, and really only o- only in Israel is uh, I think has been the only place I've ever seen um, a kosher filet mignon, a real one. Now, you can get a filet style steak at various places like ribeye, made it from made it from the ribeye, but um, but real filet mignon is, is hard to come by because it involves extracting the sciatic nerve. Um, so that's the that's the law. Um, and it's and it's it's weird because it's not exactly part of the laws of kashrut. I mean, it is part of the laws of kashrut in in the sense of it's a law pertaining to what we eat and what we can't eat. But it's not in the uh, section of Torah that deals with uh, issues of what we can and can't eat. Um, it's a, it's sort of a, a, an additional piece that doesn't really have anything to do. Um, with, uh, with 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 many of the reasons that are given uh, for why we keep kosher, why we uh, why we're not allowed to eat certain animals, why we have to slaughter animals in certain ways, why we're not allowed to eat milk and meat. This is a totally separate um, kind of prohibition, um, and uh, and so the rationale, even though it's related in in, in the sense that it's a, a food law, um, the rationale that's usually offered is uh, is is different. Um, so. Before I, I, we look at the Sefer Achinoch, so just one last thing. I mean, it's possible that, um, you know, that in, in, in terms of the context of this, it's possible that there were um, other kinds of rationales that, that you, could, you, you could have offered, a, potentially a scientific one or a, a health-related one or something like that. Um, it could have been related to an, uh, some kind of ancient practice. Um, um, who knows? But um, here's what the Sefer Achinoch says. So, Mishorshe Mitzvah Zo, Kadesh Remez Li Yisrael, Okay, so the root of this mitzvah is uh, that there should be a, 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 a hint to the Jewish people um, that even though they will, they will suffer uh, tremendous uh, uh, pains um, and, uh, uh, and and injuries in in their exile be- among the nations, and specifically uh, from the hand of the children of Esau, uh, the the rabbis of the Talmud um, uh, 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 identified the children of Esau with uh, with the Romans um, for somewhat obvious reasons. They lived in the context of Roman oppression and, and, uh, and they could you know, sort of cast this uh, um, enemy of the Jewish people figure in the Torah um, to an enemy of the Jewish people figure um, uh, later on. Um, and eventually, uh, because Rome became a Christian empire um, uh, by the 4th century, uh, that uh, uh, the um, later 
rabbinic figures equated Esav with uh, with Christians as well, and that's probably what he means here by miad uh, bnei Esav. From uh, from we we suffer a lot from. Um, um, from the uh, from the children of Esau, um living in 13th century Spain, which was still um, a, a Muslim country at that time, um, but uh, but he also saw what was happening to uh, um, to Jews elsewhere in the Christian diaspora, um, which was not a pretty picture during the medieval period, um, and so that's probably what he's yeah, alluding it wasn't to here. Exclusively a Muslim country, he just was in the Muslim portion of the country. Fair enough, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, uh, fair enough, and and, and soon. Soon enough, um, right. even the Muslim portion wouldn't be a Muslim portion anymore, right. and it would be very bad for, uh, for for the Jews by the hands of the Christians there. Um, um, so anyway, so th- what this hints is uh, that even though Jews will suffer uh, uh, tremendous pains from uh, in in the exile, um, and specifically among the children of Esau, the Christians. Um, she that they would be uh, um, secure that they would never be destroyed. Right? They'll, they'll be pained, they'll be oppressed, but never destroyed. Um, which is uh, important to keep in mind in the uh, wake of the Pew study uh, that uh, we, we might uh, we might we might we might suffer we might you know parts of us might disappear but the Jews aren't going away anytime soon. Um, um, uh, rather, uh, that they will that uh, um, that their that their children will always uh, will always uh, be established will always uh, uh, stay alive. Um, uh, um, uh, their, their children and, and the, their name, or the name of the Jewish people, um, and and eventually there will be a, a redeemer that will come to redeem them from all uh, from all struggles. Right? Who's that talking about? Mashiach. Good, Mashiach. Right? Eventually, Mashiach will come, and all the the troubles will be ended. Right? So so not only will we survive all troubles, but eventually all troubles will ultimately end. If he is talking about Christianity, clearly he doesn't think a redeemer has shown up yet. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Despite the fact that uh, that, that uh, thirty-eight for thirty-eight or thirty-four percent of Jews um, uh, find no uh, problem uh, with uh, um, uh, believing, believe that uh, that uh, um, you can be a fully good Jew and still believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Um, thirty-four or thirty-eight, I can't remember. According to the most re- according to the Pew study, yeah. You know, it sort of it depends on how they ask the question, and and uh, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you know what be- what beliefs are compatible with being Jewish, and you know thirty four percent of respondents or something said said uh, uh, that. Uh, that's, that's shocking. Uh, they don't know any better. We're uh, no, I'm not. That's not clear, Joy. No. I What's that? That they don't know any better. Huh. Um. I know I teach all our kids that in Hebrew. No, I'm just kidding. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you put in cyberspace. That that Jews believe that there was a Jesus, or that they actually believe Jesus was a Messiah. Yeah, so I had to look back at the actual text of the question, but I think it's that uh, that that Jesus was the Messiah. It's it's American Jews too. It's not American, Jews. yeah, American Jews, right. American Jews, right. yeah. Um, Anyway, that's a little bit neither here nor there for us, but um, um, continue in the Hebrew. Uh, that uh, um, uh, that uh, remembering this matter always through the precept 
of Gid Hanasheh, of the sciatic nerve, will serve uh, serves as a reminder um, so that we can stand firm in, in the faith um, of, uh, of, of remaining Jews in the um, despite the oppression, despite the hardship. You know, so, what, so, so what is he saying? How is, how is the sciatic nerve a reminder of uh, the fact that though we're oppressed, we will not be destroyed and, uh, and that eventually we'll be redeemed? How does it work? Well, as Jacob struggled, but he was not destroyed. Good. So this is a reminder of that struggle for Israel. Good, exactly. We will wrestle, we'll be punched, we'll be beaten, we'll be bruised, we'll be injured, right? But, uh, but we will, at the, when day breaks, we'll get up and walk away. Might have a limp, but we'll get up and walk away, right? Um, good. Um, and and he, he spells that out a little bit more uh, specifically in the next, uh, in the next paragraph. Uh, in the English next paragraph, Hebrew, it's the same paragraph. Okay, so, so the, going a little bit deeper, um, uh, that, that uh, we believe that this angel that, uh, that made war with, with Jacob, our father, um, uh, is told in the received tradition in the Kabbalah that it was actually the uh, ministering angel of Esau, that every, every person in every nation has, a, uh, has their own uh, ministering angel. Um, there, uh, um, what do you, there, there's a um, book that recently came out, kids book, where everybody has like a spirit animal, um, and it's sort of like that. Where like, I mean, that's a, that's a big tradition in like Native American cultures and various other cultures, a spirit protect guardian yeah. animal. Yeah, yeah, a guardian. So this yeah. is the same sort of thing where everybody has a uh, has a has a specific angel that 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 oversees them and and, and guards them, and so this was. Uh, sort of shadow J- shadow Asaph, right? Uh, angel version of Asaph that came to fight with Jacob. Um, uh, so that, uh, that that what this then symbolizes is that um, that it was not so much Jacob struggling with with God, which is sometimes how we translate that or interpret that, but it was Jacob struggling with Asaph ultimately. Um, and it and it helps explain why. Um, uh, Esau is uh, so open to reconciliation in the morning uh, for, for the rabbis who did not want to see Esau as a, as a sympathetic character who, uh, who is open to, to, um, to forgiveness and change um, what they what, what, what this way of interpreting you know, does is say you know, well he already actually fought the battle in, at night and lost and so he had no other choice in the morning but to come sort of tail between his legs to Jacob and, um, and, and reconcile. Um, in any event, so that's the, that's the way. There are other, by the way, ways of interpreting that uh, story that the rabbis, in order to keep Esau as, a, as, as an enemy figure, say when he goes to uh, hug Jacob, um, and says they, that he, that he uh, um, kissed his neck and fell, on his, and fell on him and wept. What the rabbis say is that uh, what he really was trying to do was, uh, was bite Jacob on the neck and kill him that way. And miraculously, Jacob's neck turned to marble. And so when Esau uh, bit it, all of his teeth fell out and his tears were tears of pain that uh, all of his teeth you know, cracked from trying to bite through marble. Charlotte, yeah, you're... I was just going to suggest another interpretation, which is that the angel was his guilt. 
mm. over what he did to his brother. He was wrestling with part of him. So yeah, with himself. I don't know yeah. how that works out with the thigh muscle. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, listen, uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't necessarily fit with um, the whole idea that, that it's an allegory for, for, for uh, Jewish suffering at the hands of other nations, but it actually may create a, a, a more human allegory, which is that uh, not eating um, the, the thigh muscle is a reminder about how we all struggle with our own, um, with our own guilt, with our own feeling of insecurity, and that, and, and, um, and that we don't have to let that consume us. Right? It can it can harm us, but it doesn't have to consume us. And uh, um, right, and so uh, it, it, you know, substitute Jews and non-Jews in the allegory that he suggests for uh, for a human being and um, and you know those aspects of ourselves that we that we struggle with, right? Um, and I think you have actually a very meaningful, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you have like a very, uh, very meaningful allegory. So uh, if the if the if the if the struggling in the diaspora thing doesn't work for you, and uh, and for Jews living in 21st century America, I imagine that that's actually um, uh, somewhat of a difficult one to get behind because we're not really suffering at the hands of uh, non-Jews at the moment. Um, uh, not certainly not in the same way that uh, people in his time were. Um, and so, so uh, maybe keeping the same structure can be, uh, um, um, and utilizing, you know, what, what there are midrashim that talk about it that way. Um, so you can utilize the the, uh, the tradition um, to talk about this in similar language, but with a different purpose. Um, uh, so, uh, so, he, so it's but going back to, to the Sefer Chinuch um, that uh, he's fighting with the, the ministering angel of Esav. He wanted to completely annihilate Jacob and all of his descendants um, uh, from the world, but he couldn't. So, uh, um, so he, he tried to harm him, inflict pain through, uh, through, through uh, touching him in the thigh muscle. In the same way, the, the children of Esav uh, tried to inflict pain on the children of Jacob. But in the end, the children of Jacob will be uh, will be saved from them. In Hatsar, Ken Yizrach Lanu Hashemesh Shal Mashiach, Virapenu Mitzarenu, Vigalenu Amen, Bimhera Biamenu. That that there's a uh, an, an allegory that uh, of uh, um, of, uh, of our father, our ancestor Jacob, that this that when the sun rose, right, that that's when the fight ends, as the the angel says, I have to go. The sun rose, and he was delivered from the pain. Um, and so too will the son of the Mashiach. Uh, shine upon us and uh, and heal us from our suffering and redeem us, Amen. Soon in our days, right? So, um, so the the the, the sciatic nerve then becomes an allegory for um, for our uh, uh, ability to perpetuate um, through uh, through subjugation and suffering, and a symbol of hope that we will um, ultimately be uh, completely redeemed. In in some ways, it's like. You know the the joke that like every Jewish holiday is they tried to kill us uh, they didn't let's eat right um, and uh, so this is similar to that except for slight tweak right they tried to kill us they didn't succeed let's not eat that right? <laughs> 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 your hand up uh, no. <laughs> um, your thoughts.
thoughts? Uh, have, had you thought about this mitzvah? Did you know about this mitzvah? Is this a compelling rationale for you? Uh, you know, I, I've always thought these two guys are inextricably linked, whether they like it Jacob or and Esau. Yes. Yeah. And it's a reminder, in a way, just the opposite of, to me, that they are linked. I mean, they're grabbing heels as they come out, and they're grabbing, assuming, if you assume it is Esau or some angel or representative of Esau, uh, they're linked again, and you're just not going to escape that linkage. And it can, it, to me, it always was kind of, the idea of it was a reminder of that. Uh, doesn't mean there couldn't be a positive outcome, though, if you've ever had uh, uh, sciatic <laughs> problems. <laughs> it's pretty unpleasant. <laughs> the, I, I started doing it because I mean, this is a mitzvah that, 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 that the Torah that said, tells the story. It's not, it's not kashru, it's not this is purity or cleanliness or holiness or something. It's like this, this story happened or the wrestling and, and that's why we have this commandment. Doesn't it doesn't sort of give a rationalization for it's kind it. Kind of a Zahor commandment. Just yeah. remember it. It just it just, yeah. Well, but and but it, do, but it's more. Exactly. You got to do yeah. it. You got to right. do it. Right. But it's actually connected to a story. It's right. not. It's it's not about some abstract kind of purity or holiness. Um, and, and and this to me feels like a totally different rationalization. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. You can see why why they found that compelling. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> well, right. You know. So I think that. Uh, um, uh, Having having a, a, a very um, um, complex law like the race, it's not just a matter of remembering the story, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it, because mm-hmm. if it were that, that would be one thing. Yeah. But uh, but but you know, this is a very you know highly regulated right. you know, portion of what we eat and yeah. potentially wasteful, right? So yeah. so, uh, um, so you have to say you know not only is it about remembering the story, but the story itself. Because also there are lots of stories in the Torah that we don't have right. uh, rituals commemorating. So what's special about this one in particular that uh, that that uh, requires us to uh, to remember it through a, a ritual act? Um, you know even. Even the Amalek story, which we're commanded to remember, there's not a ritual associated with it. But again, there, they're saying, well, you know, why that story specifically? Of all the stories we have, you know, there's no, at the binding of Isaac, you know, that, well, we do the, the shofar is connected to it, I guess. But, um, but there's no commandment there, no law after the binding of Isaac saying, remember this and, uh, and, and commemorate it through a ritual. This week you have visiting the sick and greeting the stranger, and yet there's no law around <clears throat> Right, that. right, exactly, right. Uh, although the rabbis uh, eventually you know, sort of tie those laws into the stories, even though the mitzvahs aren't, aren't, aren't specifically there. Um, yeah, so, you know, so it, uh, it does invite, I think, um, um, a, a, a little bit of questioning, you know, why spe- what's special about this story? What's so important about this story? Um, you know, especially because we already have a very uh, strong memory of it in that the Jewish people are from that point on always known as Israel. Well, that's what I was yeah. I mean, that you, you yeah. could argue this is the birth of the Jewish people. This is the, you know, it's, it's not the, the, the Sinai revelation, but it's, it's really, you could argue, one of the most central mm. points in the Torah. No, I do have a question. Are there any ritual acts for which there is no explanation or any justification given? Oh yeah, yeah, a lot, and that's that's part of what sparked uh, this series is uh, is is knowing that there you know virtually all of the laws of keeping kosher are uh, um, are, are are that way, right? We're told don't boil a kid in its mother's milk, right? But never given a reason for why we're not supposed to boil a kid in its mother's milk. Um, as one example.
This kind of reminds me of like a superstition that if you eat that, you're gonna be weak. Mm. But okay. It just, but there's something about the Jewish mind that demands explanations. <laughs> we, we we have to have a rationale for yeah. something. And and uh, uh, on the one hand, it's uh, it's encouraged. You actually sit. And, and discuss it and argue with your adversary to come to at least agree to disagree. But you demand the explanation. And, and, uh, and on the one hand, you see all the attempts by the rabbis to explain things, and they give rationale. And then at the same time, they're saying, we do this, and there is no explanation. And, and through the years, it's hard to believe that someone hasn't tried to give an explanation that others will respect. Well, I mean, through the years, people do try to give, uh, have tried to give explanations, you know, but there, there, it, there are differences of approach. Right? There are some people who say um, that, uh, that, that the, the, the act of trying to explain is itself kind of sinful because they're commandments of God and they should be obeyed um, as divine decrees and not questioned and obeyed, um, and, and obeyed because they're divine decrees, right? So if you come up with another um, rationale that makes them reasonable, um, then you're not actually obeying it as a directive from God. You're obeying it because it makes sense. Um, uh, so there, 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 there are thinkers who say, you know, you should really have no other intention in fulfilling a commandment other than I'm doing the will of God. Uh, and there are yet other people, and I count myself as one of them, that, that say that, there's, that, that that may be compelling to a point, um, but in a, uh, in, in, a, in a free society um, where, uh, uh, where, where I can choose to be or not be Jewish, um, and, uh, and in a context where it's very hard to believe in that kind of God, um, for a handful of reasons, not the least of which is the is the Holocaust. Um, that uh, that that uh, a uh, that that having a compelling rationale um, for why do anything Jewish um, uh, strikes me as really important, right? Um, and uh, so then it, then then it becomes a question of okay, well, do we have um, meaningful reasons um, aside from God told you to? Um, to, to do anything Jewish, right? And, uh, and there, you know, there are other ones that aren't specific to, to any given commandment, you know, belonging to the Jewish people, um, respect for tradition, respect for our ancestors, um, the, the hope of, uh, of continuing um, a, a tradition into the future. Um, but why any one specific act or, or not within that context, you know, that's, uh, that, that requires a little bit more... Um, uh, investigation or, or thought. So I appreciate what, what you're saying. Um, it's uh, um, it, it strikes me that um, you know in 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 keeping with uh, the, this um, you know conversation about uh, about um, um, how to revitalize um, uh, Judaism in our time and conservative Judaism in our time, where where people can choose to be or not to be Jewish. Um, it, this is a, a, an important activity, right? To come up with with a rationale that people can. Uh, can um, Alright, uh, I will uh, see everybody uh, next week. Thank you very much. Have a great day.